Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game Talk Live podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Roman, and if you'd like to watch the show live and interact with us in chat, you can find us at 2 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter at Game Talk Live. Enjoy the show. Today on Game Talk Live, we're taking a look at the already dramatic first week of the NALCS summer split and the current state of affairs in the League of Legends meta. Let's lock in. I'm Mandy Roman and welcome to Game Talk Live, where we discuss the biggest video game news of the day, live with help from our chat audience. Joining me now are two expert guests to discuss these gaming topics and more. First up is Nick. Nick DeRazio is a longtime esports fanatic who now works as managing editor for Invin Global. He specializes in emerging esports, classic video games, and competitive video game strategy. Hi, Nick. Hi, Mandy. It's always great to be here. Thanks for being here. Also joining us today is Huni. Huni is a veteran top laner who's been a League of Legends pro since 2015. He's taken Fnatic and SKT to Worlds and currently takes the NALCS stage with Team Echo Fox. Hi, Huni. Hey, what's up? Thanks for being here. All right, guys, let's hop to it. Just one week into League of Legends Summer Split, and it's already one of the craziest seasons ever. The current meta is extremely volatile, and we're seeing more experimentation and unorthodox lane picks than we've seen in recent years. So, Huni, how are you adapting to the current meta? Yeah, I mean, definitely right now the meta is, like, really not, you know, on pretty unnormal. It's not like... <laughs> yeah really used to what we play so i don't know it feels like pretty fun for me and there's like a lot of new stuff that i should try or like i should like practice kind of so mm -hmm. it made me kind of interested but some kind of player that get it like really hard for the like really frustrating or like it's really difficult because like this is not like what we what we used to play so sure but personally i like it yeah, do you think this is kind of a return to the early days of League, where there really wasn't a meta yet? <laughs> um, I don't know. I have no idea, but <laughs> it's probably like meta is like, you know, yeah. Yeah, does you know, this... Uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, has this uh, encouraged, you think, players to adapt and maybe try new things? I mean, new champions that maybe they wouldn't expect in, in a top lane or a bot lane? Yeah, I mean, there's like really, really new play like champions, like a lot, right? And t even top or like bot. Like right now, I feel like I'm not gonna be like surprised, like, even though like enemy teams just like pick like random champion and it's just like, you know, like even though you feel like let's say hybriding or it's like not nah, not make me surprised at all. So mm -hmm. you know, it's really fun. Yeah. And, uh, and go ahead, Nick. And, yeah. and you know, just to add, I think that. Um, Huni is going to probably be pretty uh, tight-lipped when he's talking about the meta, obviously, because he's currently in a competition. <laughs> sure. And I think that's always a good sign for an eSport. You know, when when there's the possibility for these new picks and the possibility for a new play style. So, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to maybe uh, give our guest some slack all of these meta questions <laughs> he's like well how much can i say what is my you don't what is my team, team secrets yeah. yeah well i mean nick as someone that's been in the esports space for a while i'm sure you've seen your share of meta shifts i mean do you feel like this kind of wild west meta is maybe more enticing for spectators and then but potentially may, makes it harder for players well yeah i think um i think with league of legends in in particular, the meta doesn't shift this drastically often. Um, when it comes to the you know, top, bottom, mid, those are kind of like the pillars in which 
uh, viewers are able to understand what's happening on screen. Now, it's important to note, as we said earlier, that it hasn't always been like this. So I think a lot of league fans will be like, oh, wow, this is exciting. I didn't know that this, uh, this a star player could even play jungle, or I didn't know that this player could even feed this lane. So I think that's really, really exciting. As for if the players have a hard time, uh, yeah, this is probably going to uh, give more opportunities for upsets, more um, opportunities for one team who seems to have figured out or understood the meta sooner than other teams will have an advantage. Sure. Um, yeah, Huni, what do you think this does for kind of spectating? Do you think this makes for a much more exciting game to watch because it's so unpredictable? I mean, definitely, I would say yes, because like, as you as you said, like, you know, like you can't like, predict what this guy play going to like next time like for a role. Like, let's say he play like AD carry or like, even for me, like example for me, like I haven't played top lane right now, even though I'm like main Mm-hmm. Like my main role is like top, so like I would assume that Carl is gonna be like really exciting for what am I going to play like next, like next week too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of possibility that I can bring up like a lot, and it's just like really fun for me too because I, you know, this is like new thing and I really like kind of challenging myself that kind of who that for like following like challenging myself and get new experience. So that's why for me it's like really kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Nick, do you think this this change in meta, if you will, is kind of maybe too disruptive and challenging for most players? Because I feel like pros, they're pros because they can adapt, they can change, they can pick up lots of different champions. But what does this do for plebes like ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one one of the things that really makes a pro player, and this is with any um, esport, is that they understand the game's core very, very well. So when the game's core changes, they're able to see how that ripples. Oh, this was changed. Well, now I understand this is weaker. This is stronger. That's really what makes the pro mind different than uh, the the plebes, as you said. (laughs) That being said, the worst thing about when you're a plebe is you often um, imitate things without understanding why you're doing it. So, yeah, there's going to be players that watch uh, this first uh, summer split, and they're going to see things that they've never seen before and then and you know they're going to try to do it themselves they're going to run into problems when they need to um, improvise and they don't quite know how because they don't understand why they're doing the thing that they're doing in the first place they don't quite understand the uh far-reaching changes to the meta so yeah uh i think a uh, pro players like huni you know hashtag uh, my meta he's in his element mm-hmm. right now you know this is why they're pro players, but for the but for the rest of us, yeah, it's probably going to take some time to get used to. Yeah, Huni, do you have a lot of people say on Twitter or just online in general asking you for certain tips and advice on on how to play certain champs? Yeah, I mean, always I've been saying it's like saying like you just need to play more, kind of. But <laughs> you know, like you should be just like talented at League of Legends, kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, generally like smarter like person that playing like better game too so like just try to more think and like you know try to get better and like what like just keep thinking about like what could i have done better even though it was like last game so yeah probably like that's the more important and then just more play more yeah do you watch a lot of uh replays i assume so yeah i mean obviously i always like kind of like trying to feedback myself Mm -hmm. at the same time like I mean, I, I don't, like, really watch, like, every single time and then, like, keep watching over and over again. I can just, like, 
say what could I have done better sure. or either like what I did bad. So, mm -hmm. you know, like just like depends on person probably. Right. So, uh, Huni, you've played in the LCS, the EU LCS, and the LCK. What would you say are key differences from, say, a community and fandom standpoint for League of Legends? Have you noticed any differences between each of the different communities for these leagues? Yeah, good I mean, question. definitely there's like, oh. Thank you. <laughs> Go for it. No, no, no. Oh, he was just saying no, good no, question. No, no, I Thank just you, said Nick. it was a good question. Please answer. <laughs> uh, Thank I, you. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you, Huni. Cool, cool, cool. I thought that you wanted to add, like, something question. Just... No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was like, there's a lot of difference between like culture, right? Because it's like, this is Korea and there's like Europe and it's like LNA too. So like, it's really depends on cultures that it's following the community also. So let's say if it's like Europe, there's like, it's pretty fun. And the crowd is like, it was like pretty like exciting, even though I was like first time who actually played for like Europe LCS, even though I debuted. So I can't like still, you know, forget, forget that like, their passion for like supporting for me and you know any lcs was like really great too because you know I've, i don't i have never been in also any lcs and that there was a lot a lot of people and it's just like also in na i think feels like there's a lot of cultures like mixed it so there was like really it feels like pretty good and i feel like kind of similar between like europe and NA because it's like it's really Western compared to like LCK, mm -hmm. so I think pretty much like that's the like kind of differences, and Koreas are like you know just like esports are, you know, like it's like way bigger compared Very to like serious. Western. So are they? Would like you say really, it's a lot really more serious? serious? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like they're like really strict kind of. So <laughs> I'll say like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Nick, I mean, I know you and I have had this discussion on the show before about um, the Korean esports scene. What would you say are key, like the key difference between um, the you know South Korean EU and NA leagues? Honestly, the the key difference, and I will, for the sake of this conversation, keeping it brief because that's a huge question. Mm -hmm. I'll lump NA and EU kind of as in their same uh, a bubble here. A Korean. Esports is filled with consequence, like really heavy a consequence. Like if you perform uh, poorly, the risk of you getting dropped from the team or getting benched or any any uh, a number of negative uh, consequences is just huge. Uh, that's not really the case uh, when you're comparing just how much uh, pressure these Korean players have when compared to a North American player. Uh, there's simply more people willing to fill of the spots willing and able to fill the spot of a Korean player that isn't performing. So yeah, I'd say that that consequence is definitely the biggest thing, you know, like it's harder to be a Korean esports player because when things go bad, they can go very bad and you can find your career ended immediately, you know, just because of a, a, a string of bad, uh, bad performances. Sure. Yeah. All right, so uh, traditional sports are based on score, but League of Legends takes into account, say, the gold lead, map control, kills, and ultimately the first team to take down the enemy nexus wins. So Riot ruled on Sunday that Echo Fox would take the win against Clutch Gaming after the client crashed 32 minutes into the game. So, um, Nick, we'll start with you here. Was awarding the win to Echo Fox, quote, the lesser of two evils in terms of Riot's decision? The community seems pretty divided on what the thing to do was. Was there any way for Riot to win? Yeah, so here's, I think, the first thing you need to realize is that it's never going to be good. 
Like, this is never going to be a positive outcome. We want games to finish how they're meant to finish. So in any eSport, when there is that fatal disconnect or that fatal error, just get that I'm out of the way. You're always going to have someone on. You're always going to have someone uh, I'm unhappy. Now, back to what the actual um, decision was, I can tell you from experience that if they didn't award the win to Echo Fox and then they played it again and Echo Fox lost, it would be an even bigger a controversy. There'd be even more um, upset fans. It would be a, a bigger deal, and that would now, now strike as unfair as truly unfair because that huge lead that they had, oh, well, now like the other team uh, learned from it and now they didn't uh, make those mistakes and now, you know, they won. That has happened before in, in esports of the past. So I think the only safe thing to do was to say, listen, you know, they have uh, they have a seven turrets, a lead, huge gold lead. The only safe thing to do, I think, was to give the, the win to uh, Echo Fox. And I'm pretty sure... Cuny, our guest, may uh, feel the same way. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, maybe definitely, he feels yeah. But I think it's... Yeah, yeah please, Cuny, I mean, give like us more, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it's more, it does make sense that, like, it, like, let's say, actually, what you mentioned, that it's, like, got remake, and then we actually, if you lost, it would be, like, way more, like, upset, or, like, this is, like, really doesn't make sense, right? Because, like... We were like so far ahead, and then there was like kind of no way they can they could like actually come back the game. That's what I felt. Like even though like there was like you know a lot of problem from like server, that's like kind of hard to like react it or like it's like hard hard to like gas it. So I don't know. Like as like as you said, like there was like four dragon opad and seven threat difference. It's like it's nearly like rule book like 10k gold difference too like so yeah i don't really know like if it's like i can't imagine if we get like remake for like to be even like that's pretty hard to play again sure yeah, yeah the rule book states the uh, yeah i just want to read the rule from the the rule book so everyone has it uh league officials in their sole discretion may determine a team cannot avoid defeat to a degree of reasonable certainty so it was a 10k gold lead they were up by seven turrets uh, yeah and they had the same uh it was yeah and the same kills but still i, I feel like in if you yeah. ask me right made the right call and i and i also just want to uh a double down is that these are why these guidelines exist. Uh, I think it's easy to say, oh, well, it's it's not fair. Like, they should just uh, a remake, and that would be the most fair thing. Because in theory, the other team could have won. But in my, in my like, experience, it's much harder to make this um, organic call that may, like, may not follow the guidelines than to actually just go by the book and actually miss the spirit of fairness and the sure. spirit of competition. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm hats off for Riot. If they would have made any other decision, then I would have been on this same show, but saying something completely different, you know, <laughs> saying how absolutely absurd it was. Yeah, so um, the running theory behind the crash is that uh, Talia created server lag leading the, to the game's failure, and she's now been banned in competitive play. So, Huni, this was your pick. I mean, how do you feel knowing that a bug could influence your champion picks for the rest of the split? Yeah, I mean, I didn't obviously expect that it's going to be like actually crash the like Summoner's Rift for by picking champion with a smite, like, and that also that was my first time playing jungle, and as I like, would be more kind of awesome that you know winning 
first time as a jungle, like, what meant to be, but actually got, like, super weird. And right now it's, like, has been kind of global ban. I think, I think I'm pretty sure they fixed it because like, this is, like, really big problem bug because mm -hmm. it's, like, actually breaking the server, which is, like, you can't even play that. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I believe LCK I had issues uh, with with this as well, so um, it definitely is a is an issue. All right, guys. We're Listen, Mooney. Oh, go ahead. Feel Nick. good. <laughs> uh, just feel good. Your uh, a jungle performance was so good it broke the it game. Broke the so, game. I mean, clearly, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess I was just too good. Someone who's briefed couldn't have the my performance. <laughs> yeah. Clip that nice. out after the show, guys. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll be discussing the ways Riot is evolving the esports scene. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone, check out this trailer for our sister show, The Taunt Fest. Hi, my name's Todd. We're going to be playing some H1Z1, and a lot of you out there are going to be able to win some prizes by guessing when our guests die. Sasha, are you ready to go play some H1Z1? Let's do this. I think yeah, we've right. seen this story before. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of guests tonight from all over the world. They're competing for a trophy, our Champion of the Night prize. Which one of you is going to be the best player tonight? Anybody that comes in my way is done. Get a helmet, get a backpack, get a rifle. Kill everyone. Kill that person. Engage. Kill. Oh my God. I give the people what they want to see. Oh my God! Oh wow, he took a big hit. Oh he got it, God. God! Can you throw me in like the Norwegian server or like someplace where they're just no. not gonna find me? No, no, no. Did I die first? No one's died that early in the game ever. You can catch crazy battle royale action with all your favorite titles at Twitch.tv/TheTauntFest. Let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hot on the heels of the first annual NALCS Academy Finals, Riot took another step towards revolutionizing the league. Teams now have permission to produce and sell their own streams of the Academy games, opening up a brand new source of revenue for these organizations. So, uh, do you feel there's more support for developmental rosters than ever before? Nick, what do you got? Yeah, uh, most of the time I take the stance of I don't like it when esports start looking more like traditional sports. But I think we finally reached the point in which we have to acknowledge that the old way of like regulation and the old way of having these like no name players and like no name teams coming up, it just it doesn't quite fit the broad scope of how esports is growing. So yeah, I think this is a really really good thing to do. I think it gives a lot of uh, independence in these teams. And I also think um, it makes it so that the uh, these um, like academy teams are less uh, regulated to uh, the sidelines. I mean, this gives fans a honest a reason to purposely go out and see their favorite team or watch the uh, a broadcast of their favorite player. This also gives teams the um, opportunity to maybe we'll switch our most popular player to this um, academy team, not only so they can get better, like and improve and maybe play in a in a way that's a little more um, experimental. They have more, you know, like freedom for growth. But it also gives us a new uh, a revenue stream. It also gives us new fans. So I think this type of move really does give more control and give more power to these organizations. And, you know, it's it's hard to say that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Huni, do you feel like players are now in a better place, say, financially and exposure-wise, now given op types of opportunities like this and the NALCS switching to a franchised system? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, as for the players, like, really being more safe that could be the professional player for the actual, like, being in esports. So, I feel like it's way safer and it's, like, way comfier. Because, like, you know, it's like, also got, like, as we mentioned, it's like we got franchise it. So, like, there's, there's, like, two teams that, you know, like, for Academy and then LCS is, like, really being, like, actually sports. And I feel like it got a lot, like, weird, like re really better for, like, as a team, too, because you get the, like, you can actually, like, more invest to the team. And then it got, like, it's going to be, like, get obviously, like, way bigger because it's, like, safer than what usual be. So, yeah, I think it's like it's like really, really to player also. So that's why it feels like being sure. player is like really fine yeah. and really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I think from uh, a player's perspective, he's totally right. Like, you know, it's just a easier and more comfier, safer thing. Maybe not easier because maybe the level of competition <laughs> will now rise because of Koopies, yeah. uh I bet yeah. that's the case. But, yeah, that there is a lot more probably competition to get mm -hmm. into the space. Yeah, I think one one of the things that from the um, from the spectators' view is that we really has missed some of the uh, a magic of the regulation, you know, teams. You know, we, like we we like won't be seeing the C nine of three years ago, or we won't be seeing the um, Immortals of last year. You know, these teams that have managed to cr you know climb their way up uh, and really like earn their spot purely based on their wins and purely based on how they performed. I think that's one of the things that the most common uh, criticism is because it's, oh, it's maybe a little less exciting because I know these teams are like here to stay. That being said, I do think ultimately it's for the best uh, of the long-term growth so we can start seeing some uh, recognizable teams that we see, you know, every split. Uh, we can really start to uh, gain uh, a cult followings and really large uh large uh, fan bases for these organizations. Sure. So, um, Huni, you came onto a team that hasn't had the best track record for wins in the past, but, I mean, how does it feel to be a newcomer to the roster and part of now one of, say, the best teams in the league? Yeah, I mean, it feels obvious. It's, like, amazing, definitely. <laughs> and, you know, like, it's really hard to get title in the League of Legends, like, best team, kind of. Mm -hmm. And for now, it's, like, <clears throat> I'm being, like, as and as, like, really... You know, kind of best player in the Western, so I feel it's like pretty good. I'm really proud of myself. Yeah, you should and be. I mean, what did you yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, also NALCS being like really got bigger, or like even LCS just like generally got really bigger than used like what used to be. So, just like really good for me. Yeah, have you seen a lot of difference since you uh, played for Immortals in terms of the NALCS? I mean, yeah, for sure. Before it was like, I mean. Right now, it's like Immortals kind of gone. So <laughs> from there, we could already say that you know it got a little bit at like change it, but still, it's like I'm pretty sure it's like way more competitive in NLCS, and it was like way got bigger. And I feel like fan base is also like got re really bigger because this has been like more than two years. Sure. Um, do you think it's also a relief that teams no ha no longer have to fear uh, relegations? Does that remove any sort of pressure? Would you say from players? Uh, I mean. For me, it's like I've never been experienced for the like relegation. He's kind too of. So, good. Like, You're too good, Huni. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't say like because I don't know the feeling playing in the like relegations. But mm -hmm. I mean, always I have pressure when I'm just playing for like some team that as a bring professional player because like if you 
play not well, like your your value is gonna be like obviously going down as a player, right? So always I get pressure when I play on the stage, or like I always get the like pressure when I like practice it. So probably for now, it's like I don't really feel like that thing difference mm-hmm. since I have never played also relegation. So sure, I don't really care about it. <laughs> well, I would say mm. that it makes players more likely to take risks and maybe break the meta, meta a little bit uh, because there is no fear of uh, relegations. So this has been a great discussion. I want to thank all of our viewers and our guests for being here. Uh, tell us what you're currently working on and where people can find you on social media, starting with Nick. Oh, well, honestly, I'm always on that esports grind. I write for invenglobal.com, so you can find all of my uh, articles there, or you can just follow me on uh, Twitter. I make really bad memes. They get no likes, and no one ever retweets them. So maybe you can be the first. Follow me there. Oh, my God. I will retweet your memes, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Poonie, what do you currently have going on, and where (laughs) can people find you on the Internet? Yeah, I mean, I'm Hoonie. So where, where's just my meta? <laughs> just look for Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and like everywhere. And I'm going to be at the Echo Fox for the NALCS. Yes. And yep. just search Huni, you will see me. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Game Talk Live. If you like what you hear, give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Game Talk Live. Mandy Roman, signing off.